0: the Youthscape podcast, a podcast for Christians who work with young people.
1: Everybody and welcome to a new season of the Youthscape podcast, a podcast for Christians who work with young people. My name is Rachel Gardner, and I'm sat with my friend and colleague Martin Saunders. And for this season, we are exploring how to have big conversations with young people about a whole range. Of topics, an exciting but potentially daunting range of topics. Martin, do you remember any big conversations that you had as a teenager? And welcome to the podcast. Oh,
0: thanks very much, Rachel. <laughs> it's lovely to be here and I'm very excited about this. I am too. We are actually like really quite excited about this topic, aren't we? Yeah, we, we
1: are. Yes. When you
0: came up for it up with it, you were very pleased with yourself. I was. You were like, oh, I was, uh, and uh, and we so we we've made a little list of, of sort of really big topics and tough conversations that we might want to have with young people. Tough because they're the sorts of things we might shy away from, or tough because they are just hard things to talk mm. about. Uh, and so we will leave a little bit of mystery about what's coming in the next nine, ten episodes. Uh, so even that is mysterious do I remember big conversations as a teenager I do remember youth group actually I was in a great youth group as a teenager and I remember that it was a the only place where we had like really real conversations about some of the like Mm. weird tough tricky topics of the day um and yeah I think it was really formative for me actually to be Mm. able to do that I don't I don't remember specifics though no oh it's funny isn't it you young people remember how they were treated and how they were cared for rather than what necessarily you say to them but i do remember that as part of that we did talk we didn't shy away from talking about the big stuff
1: don't you think that at the moment there are so many cultural wars about i mean cultural wars tend to be about values don't they conflicting Mm, values conflicting mm. rights and and so because of that there aren't many conversations there's kind of attacking from the left and attacking from the right and people yeah. saying their stuff at each other. And I guess the kind of the art of conversation is an ancient art and it's a precious art. And, and during our adolescent years, that is where we learn some of the tools of owning your own voice, mm. knowing your mind, shaping your opinions, you know, working out how that goes down with other people, adapting a little bit of your voice so that you can be a bit more nuanced, a bit more mm. diplomatic, but still growing in conviction. Like All of those skills are just so important Important in the art of conversation yeah. and yet really we're we, in many ways we're, we've got a generation that's slightly robbed yeah. of the space to do that well because... Everything can be slightly weaponized. Either that or that or
0: Yeah, so it's all polarized. So you're either you're either for or you're against. You're either
1: completely for Yeah, you're
0: either good or evil. Mm. There's there's no grey in between. And so that then sort of feeds the media. The media and social media need that kind of polarization to work because it's often quite a simplistic Set of mediums. So so you need, when you're only using one photo or one short 140-character, oh, that's a bit old, isn't it? 280-character uh-huh. tweet uh, or whatever, you haven't got space. You've got a 15-second video. You haven't got space to for nuance. Yeah. So you need... You need this really, um, you know, bold statement that's either right at one end of the spectrum or right at the other, and then they clash against each other. And so social media then drives kind of politics or politics drives social media. We're not quite sure which way it goes, but we end up, you're absolutely right. Young people are growing up in a generation where it's it's just everything seems to be a really clear binary choice. Mm.
1: And, and the conversation of i think the beauty of conversation is you you might start with one position but you're generally interested to hear and you're willing to maybe have your mind change a little bit and 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 there isn't necessarily always a corner to defend you generally want to move forward with wisdom and i think that that is a really important space to hold isn't it and i and i think i'm you know we want to hold conviction i think conviction is really important those sense of yeah i really believe this and even if i'm the only person that does actually i've got the courage to speak out and speak up that's really important But also having the space to change our mind, learn, think a bit differently, get a new perspective. All of those skills are just so very, very important. So in this season, we're not, this is not about what you need to say about these different topics. Mm. We're not giving you a 10 top tips of how to talk about such and such. Mm. But we're going to be having a conversation with somebody who, for whatever reason, carries a lot of wisdom around this topic and kind of just teasing out some, yeah. Ideas. So yeah, you're yeah. going to be listening to conversations as yes. opposed to this is what you need to do.
0: And just in case, you may be hearing all this and thinking this is a veiled way that actually we're going to be talking about sexuality and gender in this season. And that's, and that's all we're two. going to talk about. <laughs> we're not going to talk about those at all. No, those
1: are 2 that We're not in this season. Actually list. not. We're no. deliberately
0: not covering those very important yes. areas yes. because we want to make some space for some other things that sometimes get pushed to the To those margins and push to those extremes as well. So, just so you know, it's not clouded language. We're yes, not, we're not we're not well, actually secretly about to do ten yeah. episodes on sexuality, <laughs> on gender.
1: but but I think it's worth saying that as well. I think the other thing that happens in sort of all the culture wars that are happening is that things are, are somehow weirdly lumped together. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably very crass, and for all our American listeners, they're going to shout now at this. But from you know, my armchair in the north of England, looking across the Atlantic at what happens in sort of evangelical America, you know, I'm seeing the the, the link between you're a Trump supporter, you don't wear a mask, and you don't have a vaccine like what are those three things got to do with each other they have, mm. they have nothing to do with no. each other but they, they somehow are put together and, and the yeah. reason we didn't want a conversation about sexuality and gender is not that we don't want to talk about them because you guys know, I talk about them all the time. But because sometimes they are the code and the lens through which we look at everything else. I just want to say, let's. All these things are really important, not because now they are the subjects of cultural wars, but because human life and experience is richly diverse. And for those of us that are pastoring young people growing up in this. Uh, in, in such a time as this, we want to all be equipped to to hold open really good conversations, and there might be you might agree and disagree with what you hear people talk about. That's fine; it's absolutely fine. That we don't you don't yeah. need to agree with everything, but we want to do this journey together.
0: I do think just having listened to us for the last five <laughs> earnest minutes, um, that we sound a bit serious, well, we and we haven't. Not like just so you know, we're not going to be any more professional than no. we've been in previous seasons. It's still, the wheels <laughs> will regularly come off. Yes. Uh, producer Amy will do her best until, and we'll come on to this in a second, she is eventually replaced. <laughs> and then, uh, that's not unkind, oh, it's just a fact. Uh, and and awesome. there'll, be, there'll be nonsense all through it. And I, we will find difficult to uh,
1: control uh, ourselves. Control ourselves. With our hands to ourselves. No, actually, it's, it's more me. No, I rubbish his That's you.
0: <laughs> and we will. Um, we, we will lose our thread, won't we, Rachel? We will regularly There's a thing lose that's happening thread. with you a, li- a little bit now, that's a lot. where a you just age. forget what you were <laughs> <laughs> forget what you were saying. Yeah. So that will happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And we'll um and and we'll have visitors pop in and out. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be fun. So don't think just because that was a bit serious, wasn't it? It I was. I want you to think. It's it's not very serious. Now, can I just talk about Producer Amy for a second?
1: I think we absolutely should talk about Producer Amy.
0: So Producer yes. Amy has been our second producer ever on the Youthscape podcast and has overseen a real kind of like rebrand and like a completely different YouthScape mm. podcast. That was kind of your baby, wasn't it? To have seasons. We've been very positive about the seasons, Amy, and the jingle and all sorts of other stuff that that we've, the new stuff that's happened. Microphones. Microphones, recording properly. And then you also, Amy, you saw us through the horrors of the pandemic. Where we were recording twice a week. A day. Yes, we we were. We did maybe too many episodes on Reflection. (laughs) We did there were some weeks where we did about nine.
1: I don't think she put them out. I think she no. just knew that it was our therapy. it was just to, to be honest,
0: it was just a way of us having a chat.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So um
0: so you have overseen many, many episodes of the Eastgate podcast and faithfully, you know, grown our beloved listenership. So thank you. Yes. Um but you are off to Pastors New. Not Pastors New. You're not going running off with a pastor, that would be that's how <laughs> our rumour start. She's off to pastures. <laughs> she are. New. Um, and uh, do you, can you say a little bit about where you're going and stuff? You can come on microphone, Amy. We're allowing it.
2: Oh, thank you. Rachel's passed the mic to me. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be working for another Christian charity called Resergo. Uh, still working with young people in a sort of way, but just a little bit closer to home. I suppose you guys don't really know that I don't live close to you, no, but I don't. That's all right. Uh, but yeah um, we'll we'll really miss you all <laughs> um, but yes I will I will still be listening to the Escape podcast so'll be checking Aww. in on you guys <laughs> you say that um,
0: you, you I've been brilliant Amy and yes. you've kept us in in check which is no not an enviable task um, you've also provided a wonderful cornucopia of snacks <laughs> uh, over the years because you are famed for your love of snacks yes. and they'll often be. I'm glad glad
2: I've left that impact that
0: that is I feel like I buy more snacks now because of you (laughs) so you've changed my life I'm
2: very proud yeah (laughs) thank you everyone wants to leave a legacy
0: aside from that do you have a favorite moment or a favorite episode from the last Mm. what what should have been about 80 episodes but because of the pandemic is about 400 episodes of the youthscape podcast
2: I mean I feel like our highest peak of kind of professionalism was when we had James in to film the podcast oh, yeah, and we had all this new equipment and we, we filmed it and recorded it and had people that was in the days when Ooh. we actually had people coming in and I have yeah. to say we were talking about that earlier I don't think we'll really go back to those days just because oh. everyone's used to doing stuff online now and it's much yeah. more convenient yeah. but I do miss people coming in and doing the episodes with you because that was you know it was just quite yeah. fun wasn't it uh so i think i mean I, uh, there was a load of episodes we did then i remember we had some people from we had some women from the girls brigade we had like matt perkins there's ah, a whole bunch of people that, that was quite that was a fun the, kind of time that was the purple
0: <laughs> patch i think just for that season as well we tried to do radio voices like this yeah hi welcome to the youthscape <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast
2: <laughs> It was quite and like
0: it that. and it sounded and we were really yeah. pleased with ourselves yeah. and then we forgot
2: yeah and then there are also, there have been lots of just hilarious moments, which uh, you guys will never know about because I have to <laughs> cut them out.
0: Have you but just I got a big them. folder called blackmail on your, on your <laughs> I desktop? I should have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Amy, we've loved having you. And thank you so much for yes. all your hard work and making this thing happen. Mm-hmm. And we're sorry to see you go, but yeah. delighted to mm-hmm. see you going on something brilliant.
2: Thank you. Thanks, guys emotions oh, there. Yeah, what a way to start the first episode of the new
1: season. And partly because we're going to be introducing the new producer at some point, we aren't we?
0: He'll, he's going to pop up he, as he, tech support.
1: First time we've yeah. got a guy behind yeah. the dials. So we let men do stuff. He sometimes. is he's
0: doing tech support on this uh yes. first few episodes, <laughs> but we've said he's not allowed to actually have a name credit just yet. He's got to earn it.
1: I think he doesn't want his voice heard either, does he? So no, no, we're back, back so. to the
0: days of silent producers.
1: Silent producers. We'll get him talking.
0: A lot, we'll a lot of people talking. listening are wishing that we move to the days of silent hosts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, yes, Amy, we love you so much. We, uh, we love you. And we will always eat our crisps and remember you. And I do remember the very first episode, the way you were producing. And you said to me, Rachel, I've got your coffee and here's a satsuma and do you want a drink? And where are you going to have your lunch later? And I was like, <gasps> she's, she's going to look after me. Ah. She's going to make sure I'm okay. You have absolutely got the best out. Well, the best there is to get out of us, you have got out. It was of us.
0: like finally someone had read Rachel's Rider.
1: <laughs> finally! Lovely knows what I needs. So um yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful things. But shall we crack on with yeah, our let Let's guests? crack on I with have a our, cry while we're listening to our, our new
0: season. So um so this is exciting. So um we're Just to explain again, you know, we're going to be looking at big conversations and specifically how to have big conversations with young people in the context of Christian youth group. So it's a little bit more sort of specific than just like how to talk about things. Um, So it's how to talk to young people about big and sometimes difficult conversations. And this first conversation is I think it's an amazing interview. Um, and jade reynolds who we're going to be um, talking to in a second is really honest incredibly honest and open about her story we're looking at um what it what it means to have a good conversation with young people about the area of physical disability uh, and here's what happened
1: Oh, it's really great to be joined by my friend, Jade Reynolds. It's really nice to introduce one of our guests as actually, legitimately, my friend. You are my friend, Jade, Uh aren't you? Don't let me down. I am
3: your friend, Rachel, yes, and I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to be on the podcast. And that, are- that
0: wasn't like one of those Christian <laughs> my friend things. No, it's actually when you, real. When you introduce you <laughs> no, are actually we friends. We are genuine friends. And part of the same church. We are. And and all of that. We are. But also, Jade, uh, as as I keep saying before we were recording, you are in the industry. Uh you are also a I podcast am. host with your husband John. I am indeed. Um Tell yes. us about the podcast that you do, first of all
3: yeah it's called bring to light um and it's i co-host it with my husband john and we just talk about all sorts of stuff really faith life uh for cultural commentary at times it's basically the kind of feel of um if you came over for a meal over at our house kind of the kind of conversations that we would end up having over food really so um it's a good little taster of that and uh Yeah, we're on our second series now, so uh, it's going well. Very exciting.
1: Did you hear that, Martin, that right from the get-go, they've decided to do series, not just to do it every week and bore everybody, but to actually do series and (laughs) seasons. I have
0: listened to it, and I would describe it as a more more slick and professional version of the Escape podcast. (laughs) It's sort of like if you and I had some uh... sort of media training.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're, we're totally blagging it. We don't know what we're doing. We're just pretending
1: we know what, we do, what we're doing. Well, it's great. It works. It works. Well, I think Thank um, you. anyone who's listened to your podcast will also hear that you guys do talk about very real stuff and you're both very honest about things. Um, and really, yeah. we wanted to start the conversation there with you. This is our first episode of this new season thinking about big conversations and thinking particularly Mm. about opening up spaces to have big conversations with young people and what we want to talk to you about today jade is something that that affects your life now but happened when you were a teenager do you want to tell us a little bit about your story
3: yes i do um yeah was actually two weeks before my 13th birthday which was 2003 may the 13th 2003 Um, and suddenly I became paralysed from the waist down, Um, and they weren't quite sure what had happened. I wasn't in an accident. Um, I'd been really healthy up until that point, and it was literally within seconds I went from being a completely healthy 12-year-old to sitting down on a a park bench and not being able to get back up again, Um, and eventually they diagnosed me with something called acute transverse myelitis. And uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but it's uh, so rare that the doctors told me I had more chance of winning the lottery than getting it. Um, and to, to, to kind of sum it up, it's basically like um, having a stroke, but rather than having a stroke on the brain, you have a stroke on your spinal cord. So when that happens, it gets damaged. Um, and then unfortunately, spinal cords, like brains, do not heal when they've become damaged. So it resulted in me being paralyzed then from the waist down. Um, so, yeah, that was when I was 12. Um, I'm 31 now. So, I mean, you do the math. I've been paralyzed for a long time. Um, uh, yeah, so it was obviously wheelchair. quite quite a shock. Yeah, I do. I use a wheelchair. Um, and, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. And then throughout the years, I've had a lot of secondary health issues from the paralysis, I think a lot of people don't realize when you've got something like paralysis, it's often not the paralysis, which is the worst thing. It's the secondary things that you get from that. So it would be, um, you're more likely to infections. um, You're more likely to get pressure sores. um, So they can be like wings that can become infected. So there's all sorts of different things like that. And I developed scoliosis as well as paralysis as a teenager. So I had to have lots of corrective surgery for that. So I'm very familiar with
1: hospitals. Wow, I can imagine you are. Uh,
0: thank you for, for kind of sharing all this stuff with us. Um, can I ask you, I guess this is a very personal question, but what was it like experiencing that at 13 years of age? So really a, a, the most formative stage in your whole life where you're, beginning to figure out who you are and everything's changing and your brain is full of all these chemicals and, and different emotions anyway and processing that. Can you give us a bit of an insight into what that experience was like?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was tough because I think at that age, you're just starting to kind of gain your independence from your family. So, you know, you're just starting to go out without them. You're starting to kind of develop your own self. Um, your own ideas and your, yeah, your own independence. You start to taste a bit of adulthood. And when I became paralyzed, it kind of, I went back to being a baby again because I couldn't even sit up on my own. So when you become paralyzed, your center of balance goes. So I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't go to the toilet by myself. I couldn't wash myself. I I couldn't do anything by myself. I had to completely relearn um, to do basic tasks. Um, and so in contrast to my friends who were kind of, you know, going out, going here, going there, gaining more independence. And then all of a sudden I'm back to almost being like a baby. That was really hard. Um, and I think it was hard then to relate to my peers because my life had changed so much overnight that I I wasn't doing the normal things that they were doing. You know, I was at home with my mum and dad and they were caring for me. And so, um, it felt quite isolating actually at times um, because it was it was quite a lonely experience because no one else I knew had kind of gone through what I was going through, um, and I, I know for me it was definitely my faith that um, kept me sane at times. Um, Can we and ask so, you a, b- a bit yeah, about?
1: Your faith and how, because I guess at the same time as Martin rightly said, and so the brain development and your body's changing and the independence, you're also asking the big questions about who is God and is God good? And and I guess one of the yeah. big conversations that's so difficult for us at any age let alone our teenage Mm. years is is god good when they're suffering and is god good when particularly when the suffering i'm experiencing is something like you've experienced out of nowhere paralysis Mm. Uh, how what Mm. did that journey of faith look like for you as a teenager who was wrestling with all of this
3: yeah i think One thing I was fortunate um, about was that I I already, I chose to be baptized when I was 11. And I very much felt like I had my own faith by that point. So when I became paralyzed, um, I had a lot of people, actually, a lot of Christians and even people in my own family who were questioning, why did this happen to you? Why would God let this happen to you? You haven't done anything wrong. You know, you're only 12, you know. Why, why did this happen to you? And it was, looking back, I really feel like it was like the grace of God, because I had perspective almost straight away. And I remember saying to people, but why not me? I, I know I live in a world where things go wrong. People suffer, people get sick. And so why not me? You know, when I, read the, when I would read the Bible, um, it was just full of people who were suffering, who were having really hard lives. And God was working through that. And so for me, I think it's all about getting the right perspective and having the right expectations. I feel often, often in Christian circles, I think we don't always have a theology of suffering. I think we like to avoid that. Mm. Um, And so we either don't talk about it or if we do talk about suffering, it's only in regards to, okay, how can we solve this problem? You shouldn't be suffering. So therefore, we need to pray that this goes and then you can continue with your life. And that's just not um, how God works or how life works, you know. God is with us in the suffering, and I think it's really important to to know that because everybody will suffer at some point in their life in a, in all sorts of manner of ways. But it's you know, God promises us that we won't be alone in the suffering. Um, and just when I when I read my Bible, I could just see that like through people suffering. Um, they were finding their calling through their suffering. And so I knew for me, yeah, I couldn't walk, but I knew that God still had a plan for my life. God still had a purpose. And my value hadn't decreased just because I couldn't walk. Even if in the world's eyes, maybe some people thought that, I knew that I still had that inherent value. And I think it gave me a confidence to be brave and to keep, putting myself out into the world when the world is not accessible at all you know it's it's I have to ring up places before I can go there to check that is it accessible is there a disabled toilet you know all these kind of things the world is not built for disabled people but I feel like um, my faith and my relationship with God gave me that confidence to go no you know I'm here and um, I'm just as valuable as anyone else and I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone and I'm going to be part of things I'm not going to say well I've got a disability so I'm not going to do anything because I feel like God you know that's not a good enough excuse for God he doesn't say okay you've got a disability I can't work with that he just goes you know so what I'm going to use you anyway um so yeah I hope I haven't waffled on too much there but (laughs) kind of that's kind of yeah where uh where i'm at with that i guess
0: no you haven't waffled at all i think we're both st- uh, just yeah, sitting here stunned um mm. and how amazing to be able to kind of remember and reflect on on the process you went through as quite an extraordinary teenager um so mm. i guess another difficult question is how all of that intersects with the christian uh, theology of of healing and obviously we see yeah. healing happen in the Bible and we believe that we've seen healing happen in the world today. Um, sometimes, of course, we can get really obsessed with healing as being the response to uh, this situation. I, I grew up in a church where we often did a lot of things right. But one, one thing I remember going catastrophically wrong was a, a young man joined the church who was blind and the church just became absolutely obsessed in almost every service in praying for his sight. And eventually he was, you know, he began to believe it was going to happen and then it didn't. And then he became so upset by it that he that he left the church. Um, and I just mm-hmm. wonder whether we, that, that sort of situation gets replicated quite often. So can you speak into that a little bit in terms of what you've experienced? I imagine you've had your fair share of well-meaning people. Um, and also, yeah. you know, you'll have your own thought process around that. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in healing and I definitely think it's good to pray for healing. But I think you're right. I think there's there can be an over focus on um, healing people. And I think often it's not born out of compassion, but it can be born out of people's fear of um oh I need this, I need to make this right because then that makes me feel good about the world I'm living in and that God is powerful and I think people can often feel confronted by people with disabilities because you can see quite clearly that the world maybe isn't as it should be Um, and so yeah you get a lot of well-meaning people Um, but what I would say is that I just always question motives, really. I've been prayed for a lot for healing over my time, and I've had really good experiences where there have been people who I haven't met before, and they've just come and asked me, can I pray for you? And they've prayed for me, and I could tell that it was really out of a place of compassion, and it was a really, really lovely experience. And obviously, I I wasn't physically healed, um, but I've been, I'd say I've been healed, uh, you know, emotionally and mentally I'd say like God hasn't healed me physically but I could I could potentially carry a lot of emotional baggage from what I've been through but I don't and I see that as like a miracle in and of itself and so I think God doesn't always heal how we expect him to heal um, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't and so um, I think we need to think of healing as broader than just I know people see a physical disability and they want to see a physical answer but often the mental and emotional effects of having a disability are far worse than the physical Mm. and so don't always assume that just because when you've prayed for someone they haven't gotten up out of a chair or they haven't you know thrown their walking stick away Mm. don't assume that nothing has happened because you don't know something might have happened between that person and God and so I would say you know it's just coming at it from the right the right kind of perspective of out of compassion when Jesus healed people it says he was moved with compassion and it makes it personal and I've been I've been at well-known youth festivals and they usually do um you know they'll often do a, a session won't they where it's very much focused on healing and I think don't get me wrong I think it's really good to focus on healing and it's really good to give young people an opportunity to pray for people for healing but I think we have to be careful how we do it because I know for me in the past, I've had people I don't know come up to me and you can tell straight away, they're not really praying because they're moved with compassion, but they're praying for you because they want a cool story. Mm -hmm. You know, they've heard from the front or this person's um, seen this person gap out of a chair. I want to have a cool story. And I think, through the immaturity of maybe being younger and not quite realizing that, you know, the person you're praying for, the thing you're praying for for them could probably, probably is the most traumatic thing in their life. And so for you to just go up there and go, right, be healed in the name of Jesus. And then when they don't say to them, oh, you, you just, your faith isn't big enough, obviously, or you just don't want to be healed. You know, I've had things be be said to me like that before. Um, I think you've got to be careful with that because that's really damaging to that person. Mm -hmm. And it makes them think, Oh, what's wrong with me? Am am I the problem? Um, and it's wrong because obviously we know we can't heal ourselves. It's completely down to God, whether he heals or not. You know, all I can do is say yes. All I can do is say yes. If someone wants to pray for me, but it's not, it's not down to me to will myself to be healed. And so I feel like when we are, having meetings where we're focusing on healing i think we definitely need to make sure that we're directing people you know only go up to someone if you feel moved to and and out of compassion don't just go up to them for the sake of it because i just don't feel like often it's a very good experience for either person to be honest
1: you you made the comment earlier um you know, being in a chair there's a sense and it's obvious people see when you come into a church and as a young person it was obvious we in a chair. And we recognise not all disabilities are that visible, um, but yeah. if, we, if we're leading a youth group and maybe we want to do a story about Jesus healing somebody, and we're suddenly very we're suddenly very aware of a young person in our group who uses crutches or sticks or is blind or deaf, and suddenly we're doing that piece of how do we keep them safe, but at the same time hold open the possibility for you know Jesus to do anything, or just that we do believe God heals even if it's not everybody. How? I mean, have you any thoughts about how we do that in a way that doesn't make the the person who has a physical disability in the group feel that they're the object of this, that everyone's thinking, what do they think and what do they feel?
3: Yeah, I think it is a bit of a, it's a hard one because naturally, you know, if, if you do have a very obvious disability and then the, the topic is on healing, you, you are going to feel slightly self-conscious. You can't avoid that just because you know, everyone in that room is like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you've got a physical disability, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a bad thing, but there is always going to be a slight kind of awareness around that. Um, But I would just say, I would just make it as normal as possible because Jesus did heal. You know, we do see healings and we don't need to apologise to people who are disabled and go, oh, you know, I know you haven't been healed, but uh, we do believe God does. Like, we don't need to be apologetic about it. I think it's more... I think it's more the fact of not not how you behave when you are talking and teaching on those subjects. It's what is your general culture wow, in your youth that's group? Great. <laughs> because are you are you saying that to suffer and to have a disability is that if that's seen as abnormal, then you're instantly, whenever you talk about healing, that person's gonna feel like, oh, I'm not a good enough Christian or uh, this is abnormal. I shouldn't be suffering. And so, and kind of all those feelings then are brought to the surface when it's taught on. Whereas I feel like if you have like a really good culture within your youth group where we can talk about suffering, we can accept that it does happen. God doesn't always heal, but that doesn't define you as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, your suffering and your disability is not bigger than God, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think if you have the right culture I I think it's hard to to offend then because I feel like everyone's coming at it from the right place rather than oh yeah this is abnormal we need to pray this away because it all makes us feel uncomfortable that you're not healed so we need to sort this problem because then the person who's disabled feels like I'm a problem Mm. even if that's not you know meant by other people so I feel like it's more just the general culture of the youth group rather than the specific, specifics you know teaching moments on healing um that are important oh it's
1: amazing jade jade it's just been so lovely i know you've got two little ones so you sort of parceled off at the moment so you can do this podcast it's really it's so exciting having you on the leadership team at st luke's blackburn you see i've chopped it in there thanks she's right. a southerner well she's a, she's a, you're from swansea aren't you you're a swansea well, girl I'm well well yeah i'm welsh yeah, yeah yeah Marsh. move north to blackburns yeah. so it's beautiful but thank you so much for saying that and it is it's a real eye-opener for me serving alongside you and just seeing how you are so gracious and generous because people ask you so many questions don't they we have young people that are just they so do. curious my kids are so curious and you're so gracious in answering questions and leaving space for god to do what he wants to do so thank you Jade, so much for bringing your wisdom to us oh, today Thanks, so Ray. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And um, every single guest we have has real integrity and authority to say what they say. What's so moving when you know somebody really well is, you know, all the stuff behind that that sits behind that. I find that very moving, actually, hearing Jade just talk again about her story of disability. and But also that, that incredible perspective and for her feeling that meeting Jesus before all that happened gave her a kind of a running start in terms of that perspective of... I, I can process this differently. I found that mm. deeply moving and a beautiful start to this season. A
0: great start to this season. Um, I was I was just reflecting how good it is to uh, be back on the podcast. And I, I do love the fact that we have a youth ministry podcast that lots of people listen to and it provides a little bit of a sort of centre point for youth workers because i know you know these days there aren't lots of places that youth workers can look i mean you can't look at the podcast you could look at the podcast you just wouldn't see anything but you you can't um, you, you know there aren't many places to go that sort of gather people all year round and the podcast actually in its funny little way mm. does do that and and we actually have got lots of listeners all over the place and we really appreciate you, uh, you listening listeners. to this yes. and contacting us and letting us know uh that you enjoy it or that you don't um <laughs> and uh, and we have had a few of those down the years um we would love you to subscribe to this podcast. if you obviously you haven't done that already. We'd love you to write reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, I think is where the reviews are most useful. Uh, you can of course, donate to our Patreon for exclusive extras. But mainly because by doing that, it supports our work and it allows us to do things like buy new microphones and things like that. So you can do that for like a pound a month or something. It's Mm -hmm. not a great amount of money. Uh, If you go to patreon.com, patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com, forward slash youthscape, you will find our Patreon page. And you can get and you can unlock extras. Have I overplayed that a little bit?
1: Well, the extras, the extras are yet to be locked to be unlocked. But that's an exciting The extras thing. are yet
0: to be locked, to be unlocked.
1: Yeah. Yep. So we'll All do right. that after lunch, and then yeah. they'll be ready to be unlocked. Oh,
0: it made sense in your head. It
1: did, sense. it's okay. wonderful. I think the visual imagery is great. Well, it's pretty funny. So um, people, if they want a bit more of you, Martin, as well as, like, you know, becoming, <laughs> no. becoming one of our patrons, I mean, they could get a visit from Martin. What? That would be a nice, that would be a treat. What, by
0: becoming a, becoming a patron yeah, for I a be, pound a month?
1: Yeah, a pound a month. We're selling Martin me. will visit you and that's bring the cost. you a coffee. Um People can get you on Insta. You're going to do an Instagram they can't get me live. on Insta.
0: I'm never on Insta. But Satellites, the event that uh, we're oh. launching this summer, and Whoa, you're all coming.
1: Come on. You
0: of all people are coming. Yeah. Right? Um, Satellites, we're doing an Instagram live that I need to tell you about, which yes. is happening on Monday the 25th of April. Sorry if you're listening to this in the future. Um, but uh, we're doing an Instagram live at 7 o'clock on Monday the 25th of April with Ellie Limebear, who is our uh, lead worship leader? I've just made that job title up. It's not actually what she's called, but she's quite
1: nice to have lead and lead, lead at either side of your
0: lead your leader thing. of worship, leading. <laughs> uh, so Ellie and and myself and Zoe Tunstall are going to be talking and taking questions that you may have about the summer and talking about worship, and not just sung worship, all kinds of worship. So um, to join us for that if you're on Instagram. I don't really know what it is, but I've heard the young people are on it, <laughs> and they all have it and have it on their mobile phones.
1: Well, the other thing I was going to talk about is that, do you know, gentle listener, do you have those moments where you lie in bed in the middle of the night and think, oh, I must make sure I do that. And... Um this is my train of thought are you ready to enter this train um, my train of thought is oh 25th of April that's quite close to my birthday on the 30th of April oh Martin's waffling on about Instagram live that's brilliant 30th of my birthday oh Martin Martin's but Martin's birthday uh, I missed Martin's birthday and when I realized I missed Martin's birthday on the phone I said to him I know your favorite beer and when yes, I see you yes. I will bring the beers and they're not here what? I
0: didn't do it well why, why didn't you bring them
1: well I don't know it's an underwhelming end to this story but I didn't bring it. So oh. I do we have a break in a minute? I can pop out to the office. and get oh, You didn't sip. even buy them. It's Trappist beer, isn't it? Yeah, you That's just know favourite. what it's called. That's essentially
0: it's... you got as far as knowing what the present was. And you didn't <laughs> even you... buy it.
1: I do sometimes tell people what I might have bought them. Yeah. And then don't quite do it. Yeah, you've told it me. You said so... to me
0: on the phone, I did. quote, the I've got you some amazing beer. Well, Jason drank it. You're yeah. going to love this.
1: Jason drank it. But the dopamine hit has happened for me.
0: We should have stopped this a while ago. This podcast. This episode should (laughs) have been. This is why we need Amy. Amy, Amy, you can't leave.
1: You can't leave, Amy. See you next week. We love you guys.